your Locked On Longhorns, your daily podcast on the Texas Longhorns. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Locked On Longhorns podcast. I am your host, Patrick Conn. You can follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy. Follow Cammy at Cammy and G. Or you can follow the show at Locked On Horns on Twitter. Locked On Longhorns on Instagram. Well, Cammy, it's uh, a wild Tuesday. The uh, NFL wrapped up their week one last night. A couple Longhorns were in action last night in the Tennessee-Denver game. Uh, got to see a little bit of uh, Andrew Beck was in, in there, and, and Kenny Vaccaro, he came close to an interception, but unfortunately he couldn't come down with it. Uh, the Dallas Stars are going to the Stanley Cup final, so that's pretty exciting for the the I guess in Texas, I mean, they're the only hockey team, so. Yeah, and they're technically the only Dallas team to really, <laughs> we've been mentioning, do much over the past 20 years, or I guess uh, I, I wouldn't necessarily say that because there was some bright moments for the for the Mavs and the Rangers both, but the Cowboys are on the, um, I guess, bad side of that. They are the only Dallas or primary Dallas team that has not played for a championship over the last 20 years, but I'm really excited for the stars. They've had a couple of very close games lately. I know uh, the one last night was in overtime three to two wins. So that was exciting, but I know the city of Dallas needs something like that uh, to look forward to. So I'm excited. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned the Dallas Cowboys are the only Dallas area team to not play for a championship in the last 20 years. Because every sports franchise outside of the Dallas Cowboys have actually not only played for a championship, they've at least played for two uh, with the Stars getting their second shot. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, I, it, it stinks to think about because Dallas, or the Cowboys, I should say, have had such talented rosters and they haven't been able to actually do anything with them. So. Um, don't get me started because they're already 0-1 on the season. So uh, I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, well, uh, Connor Williams looked pretty good um, considering he was going up against Aaron Donald uh, oh, exactly. in, in that first game. I, I thought he held his own. I mean, uh, he did well. I mean, there were some times where, you know, even some people, I said, man, uh, you know, even during the game, I was like, man, Connor Williams is looking a lot better this year. Um, and then some people were like, to him, well, he just got blown up. And I'm like, that's freaking Aaron Donald. Yeah, like, it's going to happen watched, with him. Zeke got Aaron, blown up by him, too. I was like, I watched Aaron Donald blow up two Dallas Cowboy offensive linemen at the same time. So, really, I mean, it's it's Aaron Donald. I mean, those it's going to happen. He's just – he's a freak, okay? So, that's going to happen. But I thought he played relatively well considering, um, you know, the weak link of the offensive line was not him. Uh, it's that right tackle, um, you know, but I thought he did well. I, there were some some former Longhorns that did well. We got to see uh, Devin DuVernay, Colin Johnson, Brandon Jones did really well. Yeah, he uh, almost led the team in tackles. He was number two. He was number two. Uh, I think he said he was the fourth rookie to record double-digit tackles in his NFL debut. So, you know, uh, hat tip to him for, for coming out and showing out. Uh, and then obviously we had Malcolm Roach. So, I mean, the rookies were getting involved and, and they were doing something, you know, so that's exciting to see. Um, kind of want to talk about what happened on Saturday. I mean, I know we've, we've talked at it, about it at length. Uh, Sam Ellinger is walking away with an, yet another uh, weekly honor, Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week. 
Um, mm-hmm. The defensive uh, player of the week, uh, Texas Tech linebacker uh, Merriweather. Uh, he he uh, had 12 tackles to lead the Big 12. Um, so he, he was named defensive player of the week. Spencer Rattler was named uh, newcomer of the week. So the so the, the top two quarterbacks were in there. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. So there's Why? been some teams that have played multiple games, right? Right. Which quarterback is leading the nation in touchdown? <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and say Ellinger here because that was yeah, an yeah. unheard of first half. I mean, yeah. a, a lot of quarterbacks can't even reach that milestone in one full game. So the fact that Ellinger did it in just a single half is absurd. Well, the fact is that he couldn't even do it in a full game until last Saturday night. You know, but, yeah, you know, it's it's good. Um, I, I thought it was funny, and I think you can agree to this take completely. It's kind of annoying how I, I was seeing so much hype around what Spencer Rattler was able to do on Saturday. You know, they kicked off an hour before Texas did, and all we heard about was how great he was. And then Ellinger goes out and he puts out his first-half stats, which – you know, he had more yards. Of course, yeah, he threw mm-hmm. more passes, but he had more yards. He had more touchdowns. But but all I heard was, calm down, it's just UTEP. And I was like, it's like wait a second. Like, you were just hyping up just Spencer Rattler. Yeah. He was playing an FCS opponent. At least at least Texas was playing Division One. I. I, like, I mean, I know it's UTEP, but come on. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not no, going to sit I, here I and act like yeah. it's the greatest game of all time that, that Sam Ellinger put together. But, I mean, let's let's be real. Yeah, we got to give credit where credit's due, and uh, I agree with your point there. I think, don't get me wrong, I, I do think Rattler looked uh, pretty impressive there yeah. uh, prior to the Longhorns playing. So um, I kind of expected to see him have a similar performance. I don't think anyone expected it to be what it was, and obviously um, he had more touchdowns and passing yards and things like that than Rattler did. So I think he was deserving of the Big 12 Player of the Week, and I think those two are probably going to battle out uh, the Big 12 honors throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, I, I think so too. I, um, I think each and every week that they play, um, obviously next week's player of the week, there's going to be very little competition because it's basically going to be who's the best offensive player from Baylor versus who's the best offensive player from Oklahoma State. And I think maybe it's Tylen Wallace, maybe it's Spencer Sanders, maybe it's Chuba Hubbard. You don't know. Uh, the other thing that we want to talk about, obviously, Saturday night, uh, we're going to give you another B.J. Foster update. So we all know the story. Mm-hmm. He quit. And then on Sunday morning, we find out that he quit from Anwar Richardson. Uh, later that day, Chip Brown comes back with his story that he was, you know, at the weightlifting session. And then Anwar sent out another update saying that he has met with the staff and would remain with the team. So Tom Herman was meeting with the media yesterday. So on Monday, he had his media session. Uh when he provided the injury updates to you know, Jordan Whittington um, and Jake Smith and how they're coming along. And he said that BJ Foster was contrite, that he was very apologetic and that it would be handled in house. That does not sound fun to me. I know. It sounds like uh, they'll do some internal discipline there, which I think is uh, more than deserving. I think at this point, Foster should just be uh, happy that uh, that coaching staff is being understanding and allowing him to come back and continue to compete. Um, I know he let his frustrations get the best of him, but 
Uh, you can't necessarily do that, um, especially in that type of environment uh, mid-game. So uh, he's had these frustration problems, we know, uh, throughout the offseason. So hopefully he's able to work on those and uh, uh, put them towards a positive uh, light, I would say. So I I'm curious to see if they maybe hold him out a game or what they do internally. But, yeah, it does sound like he's going to stick with the team for now. Probably going to be running scout team this week, I, I, I would imagine. Uh, but and you're right, you know, in that they're going to handle it in house, and you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, Tom Herman even said, "Look, he said he let his frustrations get the best of him." He goes, "He and you know, Herman even said he goes, it's okay to be frustrated.' He said, but we we have to control our actions. You know, we have to uh -huh. uh, like you can be frustrated, but just don't do don't do something stupid. Essentially, is what he said without saying it. Uh, but but we kind of heard it there. Uh, but you know. I'm kind of glad that, that situation is now behind us. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We heard a lot about that, uh, particularly that situation has been an ongoing one for the last 48 hours or so. Uh, so it's kind of good to get that behind us. But uh, coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, an upcoming opponent for the uh, Texas Longhorns. Plus, uh, is the Big Ten back or are they not? Uh, we're going to get into all that. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Rock Auto. Uh, Cami, I don't know if – you do this, but I do it. I went to rockauto.com. You want to know why? Because why? my oil pump on my truck went out. <laughs> so I, I so I was looking at that, and it was like, oh, what do I do? I went to rockauto.com. I got a great deal, really good deal. I looked at I looked at the competitors and saw what the price was going to cost me to get an oil pump. It was going to cost me an arm and a leg. I went to rockauto.com. I got my oil pump. It's installed. My truck is back to running again. It wasn't very hard to do, uh, it, which I was shocked. I was able to do it myself. My truck is running great. Uh, but you got to go over to rockauto.com. Very affordable. Every part you can think of, just check it all out. Uh, and when you check out on the little drop-down box, don't lock on Longhorn sent you. So this coming week and next week, Texas Tech uh, will be the uh, will be on the minds of the Texas Longhorns as they prepare for their Big Twelve opener against Matt Wells' team. And Nicole Auerbach of the Athletic tweeted out that Texas Tech had seventy five out of their one hundred and twenty three players at some point have tested positive for COVID nineteen. Only six active cases. That is a ton. Yeah, that that's um, a lot. And I know, and actually, when Texas had their onboarding process, we thought we thought thirteen was a ton at the time. So yeah, that's a pretty significant number. Yeah, they have six active. Uh, that's just, I mean, like I said, that's 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 a ton. Uh, really hoping that they get that all cleared up because obviously, uh, Texas is traveling to Lubbock uh, in two weeks. To take on Texas Tech, two thirty. You can watch that game on Fox. Uh, you know so that was I, when I was just looking at that. I was like, that's, that's insane. I mean, seventy five out of one hundred twenty three. That's more than fifty percent of your team. Uh, that could be an issue. Uh, but uh, another team that was having some issues had their game postponed. Oklahoma State has come out and said that they are uh, COVID free, 
So it looks like all systems are going to be go for their opening game this weekend, Saturday against Tulsa, which I believe Tulsa was the reason they had to push the game back. But mm-hmm. it sounds like all systems go there. So have you been following along with the Big Ten? Oh, my gosh. Who hasn't? But, I mean, I don't think anyone's actually been following along because it's kind of a roller coaster ride. So I feel like we've all been thrown off at this point. It's either up or down or they are playing, they aren't playing. They're going to start in October, going to start in November. So I have no idea what or I guess how it is actually going to play out. Big Ten reminds me of that friend, and we all have that friend, right? The friend <laughs> that's in a toxic relationship. Yeah. And they come to you for advice. You give them advice. They follow through with that advice for about 30 seconds <laughs> and they go right back to it. That's kind of like, it's, right like this, in, yep. it's like this on again, off again, on again, off again. I can't, I can't keep up. It's so literally big, chaos. Yeah. So the big 10 is essentially supposed to vote. Um, we thought a couple nights ago they were going to vote. Turns out they didn't. And we're still kind of waiting. Uh, and, and really at this point right now, we're waiting. We're, we're, what's the deal? Are, are you playing? Are you not playing? Well, yeah, I I don't know. Go ahead. There's there's a a little snafu in their plan. Nebraska President Ted Carter, on a hot mic, did not know it was hot, (laughs) said, we're getting ready to announce the Huskers and Big Ten football tonight. Whoops. Yeah, that's a big whoops. Um, Definitely one you can't take back either. So that's, but that's what I mean. Everyone's kind of getting derailed by all these different rumors and this is supposed to happen. And we thought there was going to be a vote last week and then nothing was announced. And so I think it's just constantly back and forth, but um, I don't think it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily fair to the Big 12 at this point for a lot of different factors, which we'll probably get into. But um, for the players um, and obviously those programs who really, truly do want to be on the field playing, I hope they're able to. Um, it's just going to be, um, like I mentioned, chaos moving forward and trying to figure everything out. So here's here's an interesting thing, thing that you might find interesting. The president over at – Wisconsin says that they're still postponed because they don't uh, until they know for a fact about, you know, their what's their testing going to be? How do they monitor the mitocarditis? Wisconsin saying we're still postponed. So once again, nobody is on the same page. Right. And I think that's kind of been uh, the common theme for the Big Ten. I don't think they've ever been transparent with literally anything. The players, the coaching staff, the ADs, the presidents. I think everyone is kind of on their own page and everyone's just kind of sitting there with uncertainty. So um, I just think it's been a huge mess. Like it was a blotch how they handled all of that. So um, I'm just happy the Big 12 isn't having to deal with that. Yeah, it's it's really interesting because there are two doctors there at Ohio State who recently talked to the Columbus Dispatch about the risk of uh, myocarditis. And they're saying that that the data that they provided uh, is very construed in the fact that there's not enough data to suggest uh, that they can't play. In fact, the doctor said, we provided this data so that football could return. Yeah, it's showing you that's inconclusive, and the Big Ten continued down this stretch of saying we're not going to play. So that that brings me to my next question, Cami. Do you think the 
the Big Ten commissioner, Kevin Warren, is incompetent? Oh, I think everyone thinks that right now. Yeah, I think so, too. And and I think a lot of – and I think that's where a lot of the frustration with the parents and, you know, everything that's been going on in, in Columbus, you know, stems from because of the fact that they had all this data and, you know – I'm fairly certain that the data that the Big 12 got, that the SEC's got, that the ACC's got, it's the same stuff that the Big 10 got, but they looked at it and said, in, in the funny thing is the, the case study that they're using was only 22 cases. Oh, gosh. Yeah. And I, I agree with you. I think in terms of the actual uh, evidence and um, statistics and things like that, I think everyone had the same information. I think it was probably just presented differently, um, probably for whatever reason. But for example, I know the Big Ten was worried about the heart conditions. And so uh, Texas and the Big 12 were like, OK, we'll just add that testing into our uh three time a week testing for COVID. So there's ways around all of that stuff and there's preventative measures that can be taken. And I think it's, um, you can look at Texas, for example, it's working very, very well for them right now. Yeah. And you, you know who else it's working well for is I was actually talking to somebody who covers Ohio state. Uh, and he told me though, they haven't had any positive cases because they're, they're doing fantastic with their, with their testing, with their contact track tracing. That's a tongue mm-hmm. twister. Um, you know, but they're doing well as well. So it's kind of like, my question is, why didn't they go in their own backyard to exactly. find out? You know, and, and so uh, it brings up a lot of questions that we're going to get into real quick. But I kind of glossed over it in the first segment. Uh, Jordan Whittington. Uh, we got an update on Jordan Whittington and Jake Smith. Obviously, Jake Smith, uh, Tom Herman said that he – is on schedule to be back for Texas Tech, which is a good because mm-hmm. now we know about Jordan Whittington. Uh, and f- yeah, well, it's frustrating. And so I think the scary part about Jake Smith, um, obviously he didn't have a bad hamstring strain. It was just a grade one, but we all know how um, those can be lingering, ongoing, season-long uh, type of frustration. So I'm hoping he's uh, completely healed by the time he steps back onto the field uh, with Texas Tech. But yeah, Jordan Whittington, I, I just feel so bad for him. He's got the worst luck with injuries and uh, uh, the test came back and showed he did have a partial tear in his meniscus. So he's going to go uh, undergo surgery for that and be out three to four weeks. But uh, fortunately, they have this by. So uh, by the time it's all said and done, he may only miss two games or so, depending on how quickly he can rehab. And um, But the depth there is obviously minimal at the slot position at this point. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Washington getting some snaps there. Uh, he could maybe Kai money. Yeah. Kai is money, right? I mean, he's got the best name. Um, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but you know, I don't, I hope he doesn't rush back with three to four weeks that puts him back around Oklahoma. Ooh, that would be a nice game to come back for. Uh, yeah. If he's good to go, I I mean, and that's good. And and Tom Herman said three to four weeks because they're not expecting to find anything terribly in there, but you're right. You talk about, a guy who had a sports hernia injury that kind of lingered from high school. Uh, he had the hamstring issue, obviously, last season. And then, you know, he had sports hernia surgery back in December, which I believe was his second surgery on that. Um, you know, so, so it's like it, it's just been one thing after another with him. And and you hate it, especially a kid as talented as, as he is. And you saw a little bit of it on Saturday uh, of what he can do as far as catching the ball and, and you know, getting out in space and, and they're going to need a player like that. Um, and, and I think that's why 
you saw a little bit more of a, a uh, Brennan schooler uh, with a kind money, you know, things of that nature. But we'll, we'll kind of see and we'll keep an eye on uh, the depth chart in this coming week to find out kind of who's going to be that that backup there at the slot position. Uh, but coming up next, uh, let's dive into some college football playoff talk and bowl projections. All right, so USA Today has come out with their bowl projections, Cami. Are you excited about this? Uh, I take it with a grain of salt, but I, I do get curious seeing potential matchups, yes. How would you like a matchup, Tom Herman versus Mac Brown? Ooh, how fun would that be? I mean, um, kind of disappointing because that likely means we uh, didn't squeak into the college football playoffs, but – that would be yeah there would be a lot of fun storylines surrounding that bowl game that there would be and no according to the usa today bowl projections texas just has missed out on the college football playoff but they do get an at-large bid into one of the the new year's six bowl games they got them going this one's kind of boring because we kind of seen it lately fiesta bowl again against north carolina yeah, I mean, I love the matchup, but I, I still think that would be viewed as kind of a disappointment. You so. know, the last time that Mac Brown coached in the Fiesta Bowl, Texas won. Oh. We're talking about... Hopefully talking he about, wouldn't if that happened this time, though. Right. It wouldn't, you know, hopefully he didn't win this time. But uh, we're talking about Ohio State, Texas, Fiesta Bowl, 2008-2009 season, the uh, the thrilling win. Uh, we, I think we all remember the, the Quan Cosby uh, dive dive into the end zone touchdown in that game. Uh, Cole McGoy was was fantastic in that game, obviously, and, and led them to the bowl win. But did, would that would that get you excited, Cammy, to to see Mac Brown on one side versus Texas on the other? Ooh, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I've already mentioned that would have a ton of storylines. I'd be definitely tuning into that. I think it'd be exciting uh, for both sides for Mac and. Uh, for Texas and alumni and the history at Texas, obviously. And and not just that, I think they're, that would be a very competitive matchup on the field. I think they, they're both two strong quarterbacks, uh, obviously both two, two solid coaches, or they would likely have been or would still be ranked pretty high. So, yeah, I think that would be an exciting one. It's much better than the ones we've seen. Uh, uh, who did they have us – they had us uh, playing someone that was incredibly boring, so – um, I don't remember exactly who it was. I, yeah, I think you're talking about the ones where they were projecting Texas to go back to the Alamo Bowl. Yeah. And it was like USC was on one of them, and then obviously USC's not playing, and they had a different one on there. Yeah, it's boring. Nobody wants to see that. I mean, what's the exciting bowls? I mean, I mean, it's this far away from that portion of the season even getting to us. So, you know, give us give us the sexy pick. I wanna yeah. I wanna, you know, I wanna I wanna be entertained. So Fiesta Bowl, North Carolina, the Battle of the Sams. Sam Howell, Sam Ellinger, who's the better Sam? We'll find out. Uh, I'm going to lean towards our guy, the experienced quarterback, and Sam Ellinger. Uh, so let's talk about the college football playoff. Obviously, USA Today uh, did not put Texas in. Of course, they put Oklahoma. Um, so the question now becomes, with the college football playoff, should mm-hmm. they wait on the Big Ten announcement coming tonight? But should they come or should they wait 
for the Big Ten to uh, get the college football playoff started. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like you have to, but what bothers me is that I feel like the Big Ten should have uh, sped this process up a bit to where the college football playoffs wouldn't have had to do that. So that that's kind of what frustrates me the most, but I don't think it would ever be viewed on as um, a realistic college football playoff without the Big Ten. So um, I do understand if they had to push that back, hopefully not by much, because then you're talking um, how much off time is Big 12 and SEC and all those teams going to have before. And uh, and that's and that's hoping the Big Ten doesn't have any postponements of games or COVID issues or things like that. So I just think it's very, very uh, tricky in terms of scheduling moving forward. But um, all in all, I do think the Big Ten should be included in the college football playoffs. Cammy, let me be petty for a minute. No, I don't think they should. This is your fault. You decided to <laughs> kick the can on the season. I oh, will play in the spring. And now all of a sudden you want in. So let me be yeah. petty and say, no, they shouldn't wait. Lay in uh, the bed you made. But at the same time, I, I agree. And, uh, you know, Pete Thamel of Yahoo Sports put out an opinion piece where, you know, he had said that he doesn't, he doesn't foresee the, the college football playoffs not waiting on the Big Ten. And, and while I agree, I think it's important to have as many of the Power Five conferences as you can have. Um, you know, it would obviously – it takes away the arguments of the asterisk for the season. Right. You no, know, I mean, we've heard that. I mean, we, you know, people have said, you know, it, it you know, it's, it's not going to make it as good of a championship or it degrades the value of the championship, which I don't buy into that at all because three of the five uh, power five schools or conferences were already involved in it. And it's not like the big 10 is one, one of those championships in the last, I don't know, six years, five years. So I think, I think kind of how we're both viewing it is that from a football standpoint, yes, they should be included in the college football playoffs, but in terms of how they handled anything, I don't necessarily think they're deserving to be there. by any (laughs) I think that's Cammy being petty. (laughs) Oh, they bothered me so much throughout this stuff. Oh yeah. I mean, I, the constant storylines, will they, won't they? I mean, it's been dragging on for months. Uh, you know, I, I, what I find interesting about this is is the fact that, you know, we're, we're talking about, you know, the Big 12 obviously playing and, and the ACC playing and the SEC playing, and now the Big 10's getting involved. Meanwhile, where the heck is Larry Scott in the Pac-12? Nobody's heard anything. Oh, yeah, that's true. Like, where, where are y'all I, on this? I mean, I guess I'd be, I guess we're kind of waiting in the Big Ten's or under the Big Ten's wing in a way, but yeah, that's interesting. I haven't heard much about that either. Yeah, I mean, well, there is that whole issue that they're having on the West Coast right now with fires mm-hmm. to go along with, you know, COVID nineteen. So, you know, I think they have a ton that they've got to figure out. But it's just interesting to me that they're the Big Ten is trying to figure out a way to get back into this thing, and then we're still waiting on uh, to hear if the Pac twelve is even going to be involved at all. Uh, I know that there was a talk of testing or whatever, but I, I want your prediction now, Cammy. Uh, will Texas be one of the four teams in the college football playoffs when the final results are released? Ooh, I'm going to go ahead and say yes. Okay. I think that, I think they're going to squeak in. I think they do have to be Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. One of them probably twice, which is not easy. But I think 
this is their year. It's obviously Sam's senior season, and he's the leader and heartbeat of that offense. So unless they beat themselves, which they're definitely known to do with their consistency issues, then I think they can squeak in at probably the four spot. Interesting, interesting point of view, Cammy. All right, but that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked on Longhorns podcast. Make sure you're tuning in to the Locked on College Football podcast Monday through Friday. But for Cammy and Patrick, and always, keep it locked on. Hook them.